0: In 1987, 12 Chattanooga citizens filed suit against the City Board of Commissioners, claiming that the election process unfairly disadvantaged black voters and was illegal under the Federal Voting Rights Act of 1965. At that time, the mayor and all the officers of the City Commission were elected at large. This meant that every candidate was chosen by the entire city population in a simple majority vote. This process resulted in the election of only a single black commissioner between 1839 and 1988. This lawsuit, called Brown v. Board of Commissioners of the City of Chattanooga, was decided in favor of the 12 citizens, and as a result, the city government was restructured. The city was split into nine districts, at least three of which were required to have 60-65% to African American population. Rather than voting for each commissioner in a citywide majority vote, each district would vote for its own council member, leading to better representation for marginalized neighborhoods throughout the city. This is the system we still use today. Welcome to Chattanooga Civics. I'm Nathan Bird. City council members serve four-year terms. In order to be eligible to run for city council, one must have lived in their district for at least one year and must be at least 21 years of age. In order to qualify, candidates must submit a petition signed by at least 25 eligible voters to the Hamilton County Election Commission. The elections are held on the first Tuesday of March. The election is nonpartisan so the party affiliation of each candidate does not appear on the ballot. A simple majority vote is required to win the election, but if no candidate receives a majority, a runoff election is held between the top two candidates. Once elected, city council representatives are paid 15% of the mayor's salary. In 2019, this worked out to a payment of roughly $26,000. City council is not intended to be a full-time job, and representatives usually continue to work in the private sector in some capacity. The City Council holds legislative authority in the City of Chattanooga. They're ultimately responsible for every city law. The street construction and maintenance standards, land use and development regulations, building permits, regulations on alcohol sales, and even, I am not kidding, laws regarding how often your dog can bark. The council members elect a chairman and a vice chairman from among themselves, currently Chip Henderson of District 1 and Ken Smith of District 3. The chairman leads the strategic planning, agenda, and business meetings. The chairman also assigns each of the remaining seven council representatives as chairs of the following committees. First, the Planning and Zoning Committee, chaired by Darren Ledford of District 4 to make certain that all property improvements attain the highest and best use for the betterment of the city and its residents. Next, the Public Safety Committee, chaired by Anthony Byrd of District 8, to make Chattanooga a safe community in which to live, work, and play. Then, the Economic and Community Development Committee, chaired by Erskine Oglesby of District 7, to promote an environment that engenders financial independence for all. Next, the Public Works and Transportation Committee, chaired by Jerry Mitchell of District 2, to provide for sufficient and well-maintained infrastructure. Next, the Youth and Family Development Committee, chaired by Demetris Coonrod of District 9, to promote workforce development and job readiness training for the unemployed, underemployed, and underserved. Then, the Human Resources and Personnel Committee, chaired by Russell Gilbert of District 5, to recognize that our city employees are our greatest asset and to promote their fair and equitable treatment. Last, the Budget and Finance Committee, chaired by Carol Burrs of District 6, to develop financial oversight and budget organization review. The Council may pass laws which are classified either as ordinances or resolutions. An ordinance is a law which has a lasting effect and is added to the city code. A resolution is a one-time action or proclamation. As an example, a proposal to change the minimum speed limit throughout the city would be an ordinance, while a proposal to purchase a specific piece of property or to honor a particular member of the community would be a resolution. If a council representative wishes to propose a new ordinance or resolution, they must bring it to the council chair. We will submit it to the appropriate committee for discussion. The committee may choose to schedule a public hearing on the proposal. Once the committee approves the proposal, it is added to the agenda and brought before the city council for a vote. Ordinances, remember those are changes to the code, must pass a majority vote at two separate council meetings, while resolutions, which are only one-time actions, must pass a majority vote at a single council meeting. Any passing ordinance or resolution may be vetoed by the mayor, but the council can overrule the veto with a simple majority vote, so it's mostly symbolic. The council meets every Tuesday. At 3 p.m., they meet for an agenda session where they discuss what issues will be brought before the council. This meeting is where most of the discussion and debate between council representatives takes place. At 6 p.m. the council meets for a business meeting. This is where votes are taken and laws are passed. There are additional strategic planning meetings every other Tuesday at 1:30 p.m. and committee meetings that are held on various schedules. These meetings are all open to the public and recordings are also posted to YouTube the next day. You can view the agenda on the city council website to see what there will be voting on on the next meeting. It's usually posted at least a week in advance. You can also sign up to speak at the end of a City Council meeting. I encourage you to find out which district you're in, and who your representative is. Read up about them, and if you have any issues you are particularly interested in, you can send them an email or give them a phone call. There are links in the show notes to help you with all of this. During any given meeting, the vast majority of the agenda items will fall into one of two categories. The first category is resolutions authorizing purchases, payments, and contracts with various outside entities. Other than routine maintenance, city contracts out much of its labor and design work, especially when it comes to new roads and the constructions of new city buildings. The buying, selling, and leasing in land and buildings also falls into this category. These contracts are one-time occurrences, so they are considered resolutions by the city council meaning they must only go through one round of voting. The second category is rezoning ordinances. We'll talk about zoning in a later episode, but for now just know that the zoning code controls how Chattanoogans use their land and what kind of buildings they can construct. When a property owner wishes to build something other than what is allowed by the zoning code, they must apply to have their property rezoned. These applications constitute a permanent change to the regulations governing that property, and so they are considered ordinances by the City Council, and they must go through two rounds of voting, each round during a separate City Council meeting. There are, of course, other ordinances and resolutions which come before the City Council, such as symbolic resolutions commemorating a particular event or ordinances amending the City budget, but most of the business of the Council falls within these two categories. The Council may also initiate the process to amend the City Charter. Remember from the last episode, the Charter is similar to a constitution. It's the document which grants the City its authority. Amendments to the Charter can be made in several ways, but the most common method is to have the City Council write and propose an amendment to the Charter. Unlike ordinances and resolutions, the City cannot pass Charter amendments on its own. They must obtain the direct consent of the people. If a majority of the council agrees upon an amendment, it is then put before the citizens in the next general election, and it's only put into effect after it passes a majority vote. The city council is the primary source of legislative authority in the city, but it is not the only source. The city charter does make provisions to give the people of Chattanooga more direct control over the legislative process. Citizens may propose an ordinance directly by submitting a ballot initiative petition with the language of the proposed ordinance to the city council. The petition must be signed by a number of registered voters exceeding 25% of the turnout in the last mayoral election. The turnout in the last election was just below 19,000 voters, so a ballot initiative today would require the signatures of around 4,800 voters. Once the petition is submitted and approved by the Election Commission, the proposed legislation is taken up by the City Council. If the Council passes the legislation, it becomes law, but if they vote against or refuse to hear the legislation, it goes to a direct vote of the people in the next election. Once a ballot initiative is passed, the Council may not repeal or amend it themselves. They must put any amendments or repeals on the next ballot for the voters to decide. Before we go, I need to issue a correction to Episode 1, covering the city and county governments. It seems I got the timeline wrong concerning Mayor Andy Burke's COVID response. I told you that Mayor Burke released his first COVID related executive order in April, but in fact, his first COVID related orders were signed in mid March. These orders declared a state of emergency, and they closed some businesses but they did not actually classify any businesses as essential or non-essential, nor did they issue a face mask mandate. The governor did not preempt local COVID policy until April 24th, when he explicitly gave authority in Hamilton County to the Hamilton County Health Department. The city and county, for their parts, far from being at odds with one another, had already formed the COVID-19 Joint Task Force at the end of March. Mayor Burke did explore the possibility of issuing a city face mask mandate in late June, but the state clarified that powers over mask mandates rested solely with the Hamilton County Health Department. The county instituted a mask mandate in early July. I want to thank the mayor's office for pointing out these inaccuracies and helping me correct them. This has been Chattanooga Civics. Our music was written and recorded by Kevin McLeod. This is the part of the show where most hosts will tell you to leave a five-star review. If you want to leave a review, that's great. But really, the best thing you can do for the show is tell your friends about it. This is a small city, and word of mouth goes a long way. If you have any questions or feedback, send me an email at chattanoogacivics at gmail.com, or follow me on Facebook or Twitter, at chatcivics. If you're feeling especially generous, you can support the show using the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.